0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Judy Carter. She is a comedian, magician, motivational speaker and author of four books on comedy and self-improvement including one we're going to talk about mostly today, The Message of You, Turn Your Life Story into a Money-Making Speaking Career. So Judy, thanks for joining me.
1: Oh, you're welcome. That so, was a great
0: intro. Thank well, you. Well, you bet. I believe this is the first time I've had a stand-up comedian on the show. I'm almost positive.
1: Ah, so, 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 they, you, could, so they could so, be hit and miss. Well, they but,
0: really you know,
1: can be.
0: The expectation is going to be that you say something really funny, I'm certain of that. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe. I guess it's up to me asking a, 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 an awkward question or something. So... Tell me a little bit about your background, because um, I think just in what I did, a little research, I mean, you started as a stand-up comedian, and you've now kind of progressed to where you are a speaker, trainer, consultant, uh, author. So uh, what what, what was that journey a little bit like?
1: Well, I started off my career as a magician, and then thanks to um, United Airlines, one day my my tricks didn't show up, and it was in Chicago. And I was telling them, you know, I can't go on, my tricks didn't show up. They were kind of an Italian and going the uh, what do you think, you little, you you're not going on? Is that what you think? Oh, you going on, you going on. And um so I had to scramble and I got on stage without any my props or anything that I was so dependent on and I just started to tell them about what a mess I was in. He <laughs> started to laugh. Hugh Hefner was there. Uh, and uh, next thing you know, I was booked through at the time, all the Playboy clubs and um, as a comedian. And I realized I didn't have to travel with all these props. And I, it was at that point that I really learned the essentials of comedy, um, which is it's all based on things that go wrong. It's all based on the messes in one life. That's why you don't see too many model stand-up comics, you know, like really <laughs> gorgeous. Not that I'm not gorgeous. Um, by the way, for your listeners, I'm 19, um, <laughs> five foot nine, and I weigh just like a few pounds. So anyway, but for comedy, um, it's always about the messes and the things that go wrong in your life. The stupid things people say. And I ended up um, writing a book about how to do stand up comedy that became, um, went on the Oprah Winfrey show and became a huge hit. And I have traveled through the world um, teaching stand up comedy um, to, oh my goodness, Russia and Russia and China, Sweden, everywhere. And lately, I speak to corporations on how to use humor um, to decrease stress and connect to clients.
0: Yeah, and and that was actually a big transition for you, right? Because even some of your initial speaking and training that you did were people that actually wanted to be comedians. And and now now you're really saying, hey, humor can be a great marketing tool, uh, essentially, is is, uh, what I see in the message of you.
1: Well, humor is a very dangerous marketing tool. Um because most people use it wrong mm-hmm. and you will offend people, you'll get nasty hate mail and if you use it in inappropriately in at a job, you will get fired. Sure. So a lot of people, you know, I no longer tell people that I've ever done comedy because inevitably a cab driver will turn to me and go, "Oh, a lot of people think I'm funny." Listen yeah, to right. this one and they'll tell some <laughs> horrible joke about black people or gay yeah, people
0: right,
1: or right, right. oriental people, which right there is an insult. <laughs> and, you know, you're going to offend somebody. And so you got to be very careful how you use it. And there's certain rules on how how to use humor in business.
0: Well, and I think that um, I think the essence of your of your book, really, and of the work that you're doing is that it's some of the funniest things are actually true stories about ourselves and about the things that happened and maybe how we resolve those. And I think that uh, what it really does. And I think as marketers, we all know this, that it it sort of peels back and reveals a level of authenticity that isn't always there in business and in marketing.
1: Well, you're right. Authenticity is the, is the key word now. And you know, I mean, some people don't really realize that you can't write a book about how to be authentic and have it ghostwritten. (laughs) It's like people don't get it. So um, let me tell you, um, you're exactly right. Stories are very important. And there's two crucial stories that you have to have if you're um, selling any kind of service or product. And these, I, I go into great detail in my new book, which is called The Message of You. And it tells about how to glean um, stories, like which stories are great stories, because there's so many stories in the day. I mean, things that really happen can be very, very, very boring and narcissistic. So, again, you could turn someone off with, like, a a long story about, uh, you know, we've all heard our, you know, grandparents talk about their war experiences and the same one over and over and over, and it's not very interesting, So here's a story that you need in business called your credibility story. And what you need to have is how did you help a customer or a client go from a mess to success? So in this story, um, this is a story that needs to go um, in your speeches. Anytime you speak, it needs to go on your website. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you're... um, Um, selling, like I'll tell you uh, uh, how I help someone get a credibility story because that's what I do. I coach speakers, and this woman came to me. She was a CPA, and she wanted to speak to get some clients, and that's a great, great model. You speak for free, and you sell your books and your services at the back of the room, and you make a lot of times a lot more money than you would make if you just had a fee. So the problem was she wasn't selling anything, and she thought of my peer speech, and bingo, she was right. It was so boring, you wanted to poke your eyes out with a pencil. She'd go, I'm CPA, and I'm going to talk about you know, improving your ROI, your P and L, and nobody gave a you know, SHIT. It was just boring. So it was because you cannot move an audience with PowerPoints, data, and graphs. You can only move them with a story. So I asked her, did she have a customer, a story of a customer that she helped? And someone immediately came to mind. And it was a someone who was newly widowed and her husband did all the finance and she had no idea of how to get online. She didn't know any of the passwords to the bank account. She had no idea. She was scared. And through um, uh, the CPA, her, her name was Becky, Becky helped her and now she's fully in charge of her retirement and all of her money. She knows how to invest. She knows how to find the people to help her and not get ripped off. And she's an absolute success story. And when we tell a story about a client going from a mess to success, it usually connects to our own life right. and, and our own story. And Becky, uh, her, when her father died, uh, she, her mother and her went on welfare, And, and she knows what that feels like. And so she started to reveal this story and a little bit about herself as well. Well, I called her the other day and I said, Becky, are you still speaking? And she goes, no. I go, oh no, it didn't work well. And she says, no, it worked too well. Every time I speak, 50% of the audience." Wants to sign up with me. I've hired more people. I've moved my office. I can't, I'm maxed out. I can't handle any more clients. And I'm raising my rates, but I can't speak because I don't need to. Yeah. And that's the success. See, that's, that's how this credibility story, because you could, you could talk to your blue in face about your pricing, right. um, about your description of what you do. But what separates you from the pack, what makes you an original is those personal stories of your clients and how your product made them richer, how your product made them healthier, how your product or services helped them to have better relationships. And you get that story down and you get it down and you can tell it in a really fun and amusing way. That's that's the one that, that they hear, and they rush and buy all of your stuff at the back of the room.
0: There's another um, story that I know I read um, that, that you tell people is kind of a, you know, one of these fundamental stories that you have to have, and you call the signature heart story.
1: Yeah, the signature heart story we usually tell at the end of the speech. And when you're, when you, you need to know what your core story is. Because every successful person has what I call this signature story. And this is a story they're going to tell at your funeral. And I'm on a mission that people know this heart signature story while they're alive and use it to further their business ventures. So, you know, if you look at um, any successful person, um, they have this story. Walt Disney. You know, had this story. He grew up with a, uh, a alcoholic father. Um, he didn't feel close to his father. His father was very punishing, and that's why Disneyland was created—the happiest place on earth, where parents can spend quality time with their with their um, with their children. Mm-hmm. So, um, Steve Jobs in his biography, his story. Is he, he was adopted. He felt disconnected from people. And he goes to create um, these gadgets that connect us all. When I started delving um, and writing the message of you, I had to examine my own life. Now, our messages in our life are something we forget about. I'm sure your listeners don't want to remember any Anything bad. We like to forget about them, but there's great power in digging around a little in your past, especially your childhood, and uncovering anything that was uncomfortable or disastrous or painful. In my case, it was, um, and I had long forgotten this, I had a speech impediment. I didn't speech impediment so badly I couldn't even pronounce the word impediment, which is mean. Why do they call it something that the very people <laughs> who have it can't say it? You know, it's just mean. I could not speak. And now I'm a highly paid professional speaker. And I find when I wrote and I blogged about my heart story, about how my dysfunctional childhood, how it, you know, fed my humor and how it helped me to be a better speaker, so many speakers wrote me and went, I had long forgotten, but I mm-hmm. also have a speech impediment. So it's these very things that we have forgotten in our conscious mind that are still ruling our life. Yeah. And even on a smaller level, I mean, I was just reading about the guy in Vanity Weeks, this month's Vanity Fair, who uh, created Uber, it came from a mess. He's standing there uh, in Paris, I think it was, and he couldn't get a cab. Right. He said, and he couldn't get a cab. He says there needs mm-hmm. to be a service where you could just reach into your phone and get a cab and have them get you where you want to go, and it should cost less than owning a car. And he creates Uber. So it's like you. Pro- I, I. If your listeners do the exercises in my book, they will find. That the reason they created their business was because of something that was not right in their life, usually in their childhood. And that's, And then when you tell that story, John, this is the awesome part of it. Then you can stand there and say to your customers and put on your website, and that's why I'm committed to my business. And now they have an, you revealed an emotional connection to why what you're And even if you are a CPA, you know, even if you are a project manager, something real left brain and analytical, especially powerful is, is, um, is revealing this heart story.
0: You know, um, I'm I'm imagining some listeners saying that's great. You know, I've read that those stories. I'm touched by those stories, but I've racked my brain and I've come up with nothing. You know, I had loving parents. I lived in a middle class neighborhood and uh, never wanted for much of anything that I knew of, and I just don't have that rags to riches, you know, kind of story. I, I mean, you know,
1: oh well, it's not rags. You know, I'm well. You I'm, know, you know I, what I mean that
0: That so often yeah. is the, is the, okay.
1: I'm uh, publishing a <laughs> book, um, which is a journal to find these stories in every day because in, in an ordinary day, uh, let's talk about a mess in an ordinary day. Like yesterday, I went to the dry cleaner. I couldn't get, they said it would be ready. It wasn't ready. And I got mm-hmm. mad. Mm-hmm. Now that's a mess. Yeah. We We are not thinking in terms of like big alcohol or adoption right, right, or right. this. We're thinking in terms of what, and this is also how we, what we do when we try and write a joke is, is, is what are, what do people joke about you? You know, what, what is something that people joke about? Are you, do do you have a temper? Are you angry? Uh, Or are you impatient? Are you uh, overweight? Do you hate to exercise? Those are all messes. So if you, um, when I talk comedy and people go, no, everything's great, yeah. it's, they're not really being observant of themselves, nor are they being, you know, <laughs> honest. But but because uh, you you can't go through a day without having a mess. Yeah. Are you saying you've never in traffic? Have you never been able to, you know, find a cab? These are all messes. But the things that um, people, who creative types, storytellers and comics, they pay attention to these details in their life because we know they're material. We know we're not in a miserable marriage. They're comedy material. You know, we know that we don't have the clients from hell. They're hecklers. We look at life that way. So when you say you have a great child and everything, have you? are you telling that um, you're, you're probably saying to me that I've never... Bothered to. Re- I don't like to remember the stuff that was hard. Yeah. You know, were you yeah. were you, were you you know. I don't like to remember that I was picked last for. You know, uh, you know, a, a, a team. I don't like to remember that. I you know I couldn't do sit-ups. I don't like to. Re- you know, mm-hmm. that's more of the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think I think you just hit on, you know, why some people I think shy away from personal stories because it does take some introspection. It does take, you know, maybe digging into things that that make you vulnerable that you maybe don't want to share and and I think again what's ironic is I think that's the power of them as well.
1: Yes. If you look at that's the way everything is sold now. Yeah. Let's look at television commercials. Um, they're 15 seconds, if that, now, mm-hmm. and they all have both data and a story. So you'll generally see the data at the bottom of the screen, how much, you know, things cost, where you can get them, whatever it is. Yep. Because um, advertisers have found that people, the data, people still do like data. Sure. But yeah. they like it with a compelling story. Yeah. So there'll be music, uh, someone will say, Oh, my God, do I have a headache. And, oh, I can't bend and tie my shoes. I have arthritis. And then 15 seconds later, this person took a pill, and now she is running and jumping and thrilled with life. That is the story. A story is always a mess to success. So if you're selling, if your if you're people listening to this are trying to impress people with your credentials, that's old school because the school you went to, how many customers you have, how much money you make, it's not, you know, what your rating is on Yelp doesn't make you an original. There's a lot of other people, the same uh, credentials, the same popularity, um, the same statistics. What makes you an original is how you triumphed over mess, uh, your mess and brought it to success and how you help your clients go from mess to success. And that's really uh, the only question you need to ask yourself to to, to find your story, your heart story, and your um, credential story. Um, and I just want to say one more thing. This is not just for salespeople or for entrepreneurs. CEOs are... Uh, also, leaders, the right. leaders of a company have to, it has become a necessity that they reveal themselves. Bill Marriott, president and CEO of Marriott, has a blog about his heart attack and the effect it had on him and his family. Now, he just, just in blog one, he, he continually blogs about his challenge in, in, in getting healthy. And uh, his message in this case, you know, wanting to eat flour and sugar and drink and what have you. And he talks about that and how he overcomes these challenges. What is the message in that? The message is that I'm creating, I'm committed to, to being healthy myself, and I'm committed to making Marriott a place where you can come and be healthy. You know, we're going to have healthy food. We're going to have beautiful atmosphere for you. We care about you. So rather than saying that and how many hotels they have and how you know how how uh, the, their costs and their cost comparison, the CEO is talking about his own personal health challenges and his relationship with his wife. Yeah. So,
0: <clears throat> and I, I think you know the power, of course, in that too is is everybody then can relate to that as a person, not as this distant CEO that you maybe saw in the annual report, you know, somewhere that uh, this is a real person, just like me, that struggles with some of the same things I do, and uh, I think that's one of the real powers in, particularly in people in leadership positions, uh, talking about their their challenges as well as their triumphs.
1: Yeah, the new leadership is is authenticity rules, and we want to work for and buy from people we want to have a beer with. Absolutely, we 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 want we want them we want to know who they are. There are no more secrets. So if you're if you're frightened of being vulnerable, you know, and not willing to risk uh, revealing this information you're not going to be able to uh, continue doing the kind of business um, and the kind of marketing that is necessary for, for, you know, this new age and social media. And, um, you know, this is, this is the angle that will give you, make you a human (laughs) because that's what this new generation is looking for. They've been, the millennials is one of the most overmarketed generations on earth, yeah. and they can smell BS a mile away. <laughs> and they can go online and figure out what your price is and whatever, but they want something real from you.
0: I, I want to end on uh, one very specific speaking uh, tactic. Uh, and I think uh, it was either on your own blog or on your Psychology Today column, uh, you talked about um, introductions. Uh, as a speaker, yeah. um, and, and <laughs> I had to chuckle because I'm—I I, I don't know—I've probably I've probably topped a thousand in terms of presentations that that I've given over the years now, and um, I, I still remember one <clears throat> really painful lesson of of letting somebody a couple of times early on in my career letting people just introduce me however they were going to introduce me, which usually meant that they would take something off of a website and and you know bore people to tears, but. Uh, with it, but I, ha- I had one time where it was a sponsor of an event, which is even the worst <laughs> of kind because that person doesn't know who you are <laughs> or anything about you, or maybe even why you're at the event. Uh, but uh, but they've been given the task of uh, they're a junior vice president somewhere in the organization. They've been given the task to introduce you, and this uh, poor woman went up there and uh, after going on for ten minutes about their bank um, and putting people to sleep, you know, before I got up there anyway. then got about halfway into reading my bio, and she was completely nervous and didn't do this, obviously. (laughs) She got about halfway reading through my bio and just kind of quit and (laughs) just walked off the stage. And so I was left with that mess to pick up. Um, And and ever since that time, I wrote exactly what I want the person to say, and I hand it to them.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. The intro is is the most overlooked (laughs) uh, part of a speech and And you you know, I remember I was doing something for thene Brith and they went six million died, died in the holocaust, oh. and now some comedy from Judy Garner oh. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> really really? <laughs> really that's my intro. Thank you so much that is that is <laughs> nobody was in the mood to laugh, and then you have to spend so much time recovering yep. you know for your listeners if they would like to download a free mp3 file to listen to on your way to work it's it's about the message of you and finding your stories and you can go to judycarter.com and just uh download it for free and uh it's it's a great way it's filled with great tips on how do you speaking to promote your business and how to find your story your signature story with a lot of um thought prompts on how to, you know, dig down and and find that that thing that happened in your past is going to move an audience. So yeah, and 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 of course I, I am a reg I blog each week on uh, with comedy and speaking tips on psychology today.
0: So awesome. well, well Judy, thanks for joining me. It was great having you. I've enjoyed the book immensely and really enjoyed uh, getting to visit with you today on the show.
1: Great. Thanks. Thanks, John. Take care. Bye. Bye now.